We are rotund, and this is the Fat Packs Podcast. What's up, Paul? Saw, dude. Saw, man. How you doing? Okay, man. I've uh, never been called rotund before. You've never been called rotund before. No, I've been compared to a ton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but never rotund. <laughs> want to give a big shout out uh, to all our Fat Packers and Fat Packers. Uh, hope you guys have had a great week, and thank you for joining us this week. Uh, as we have a nice show for you now, as I mentioned yesterday on Twitter... We recorded this yesterday, and uh, the audio files were absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounded really, really bad. But we got it all cleaned up, and we sat down again today, Friday. So this is coming out a day late on the 18th instead of the 17th. Uh, we sat down today, Friday the 18th, and recorded this again. Uh, Chris Stuber will be joining us uh, shortly. We, we just talked to him on the phone and re-recorded his interview, and it was actually better than, than what we had yesterday. Agreed. So, Agreed. Uh, that, that was really good. Who will not be joining us, who was supposed to be on this show, is uh, one Rich Klein. Uh, Rich has a couple of shows coming up, and we'll, we'll talk about that later, uh, but I want to apologize to Rich for that. Um, really nothing that we could do, sir. I, I'm I'm sorry. But he sent me a message and said that he'll be listening at Jim's house this weekend. Okay. Uh, do you know the Jim that he's speaking of? Mr. Dr. Beckett? Dr. Beckett. So R- Rich Klein is in the company of Mr. Beckett this weekend. There you go. I think he's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. okay. He's going to be The fact that right. he called him Jim. Yeah. It's yeah. Jim. 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 I don't think I would call him Jim if I saw him. I don't, yeah, I don't think that I would have the cojones to just, hey, no, Jim, no. how are you doing? It's, no, it's Dr. Beckett, it's, sir. Yeah, Dr. Beckett, <laughs> sir. All right, man. Uh, let's get the show rolling, man. Let's get into new products and prices. What, what, do, what do you got new products-wise over there, man? Dude, man, we got some pretty cool stuff came out this week, all right? Now, everything's out. Obviously, it's Friday, so everything's out. Nothing's uh, to be coming out this week other than what's already there. But we have Immaculate Baseball, man. Have you seen any of this stuff? I've seen it, and uh, I have a qualm with it, but go ahead. Why? Because they put Tim Tebow in it? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Tim Tebow's nice. I like that. No, no. It was cool. I mean, I've seen some some killer cards come out of this stuff. Um, it's about two thirty a box or so. Uh, so grab your immaculate baseball. You'll be uh, you'll be excited, man. I've seen some cool stuff. Awesome, awesome. Two th- um, you said two thirty. Two thirty. Two thirty. Okay. Two thirty five. Something okay. like that. Uh, Noir P- okay. from Panini basketballs right. out now. That's is a high risk, high reward. That's product the high right end there. stuff, right? Yeah, it's about four ninety five, five hundred a box. Ooh. Okay, but you're getting seven autos or mems per box. Seven autos or mems. Yes. All right. So I think most of the ones I've seen have been you know four three, what, you know give or take one of the way or the other. Sure. Um, they have these really cool um, metal cards in there. No, I think they're like case hits, and uh, they've got like sketches on them. So it's like something a little bit different from Panini. So I kind of right. like that. Uh, so be looking on the lookout for those. Then I think the home run this week might be from Tops. Yeah. 
clearly authentic. Okay. Um, the car, you get one card per pack, about $55 a box. All right. The card is in a, uh, in a, in a mag, and they're all autographed. All autographed. Uh, it's got the, the new rookies in it. It's got all the new stars in it. And then it's got like retro rookies in it. So as we've talked about before, that Bo mm-hmm. Jackson car in the 87. 87 Tops. 87 Tops. That's my set. Yep. Signed by Bo. That is uh, such a cool card. Future Stars. Yep. Future I'm loving stars. it. I'm, actually, I wore my Auburn shirt today. You did. Uh, didn't know that we were really going to do that, but okay. There we go. I didn't. I didn't even put. It, I didn't put it two and two together. But All that's right. awesome. There we go. War Eagle. War Eagle. All right. War Damn Eagle. Actually. <laughs> uh, so that's what we have as far as new stuff that's out. Uh, not a whole lot next week, guys. There's not too much going on next week. So get this stuff this week uh, and into next week because uh, next week's a little light. But anyway, that's what I have on my end. What do you okay, have? new pricing-wise, I think I mentioned it last week, but I'm going to do it again. It's Top Stadium Club. Uh, you and I opened that. Beautiful pictures. Awesome, awesome As pictures. As always, yep. Uh, Brian has got that done for you. He's also got Optic Baseball done for you. It's a good product. A uh, lot, of, lot of fun there. Um, what did, uh, MVP, I've got that. Um, got that priced. I'm gonna have to go back and look at it again. I um, didn't have a, a ton of market information on it, you know. Okay. But I did the best that I could. But uh, before the magazine goes to print next week, I'm gonna look at it one more time and get that guy tighten squared, it up. Yeah, tighten it up for you guys. Okay. Get that all squared away. And then um, also wanted to mention that Mr. Matt has got Tops Heritage WWE priced and i absolutely am in love with that product yeah i know you guys have talked about it a lot in the office i am in love with that product it is um 100 my favorite thing thus far this week well there you go <laughs> and uh totally certified for football totally certified yeah okay so. that that wwe product was uh not, it was a totally certified or just certified Certified. Sorry, certified. I always I keep saying totally, man. Because it is that totally was, certified. It is totally certified. The problem was I just remember opening it back in 1997. Yeah, that's when my was, problem. Yeah, I see. When it was actually called totally certified. This uh, this WWE product, man, it was great because it was it's in the vein of the '87 tops, and seeing my favorite wrestlers on that wood grain was just it, like it sent me sent me over the hill. Right? <laughs> it was all, it was great. <laughs> Matt and I, stuff. Matt and I opened that together. Um, Earlier this week, and of course we pulled we pulled my wrestler Y two J. We pulled an autograph. I pulled it, and I'm like, "Gosh darn it! Here you go, man." I was. <laughs> That's funny. It, it it I love doing the box breaks. They're a lot of fun. I think you and I have a lot of fun with them. Oh, for sure. Uh, but when you pull your player or your guy on a box break. It, it just always rips your heart out just a does, little bit. Just yeah. a little bit, yeah. Because if you go buy your own box, yeah. you're getting like Joe Blow, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's uh, no good. Oh, well. All right, since we're on a retro theme right now, I wanted to bring something to your attention that happened um, a few weeks ago, but I think it's kind of super. Super? That was horrible. horrible. That was that, that was, was horrible. Yeah, I see. What, you were trying to be like me yeah, right there. I was, and it just didn't work out, brother. It was bad, <laughs> brother. <laughs> uh, Tell a story. <laughs> so this this uh, this this is a piece on August uh, from August first by Tim 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 M Tim yeah. Two M's M M M M from uh, Gmer G E M E R dot com. Uh, a sealed NES Super Mario Brothers sells for $30,000. That's a lot I mean, of uh, doll hairs. That's a lot of uh, little little Mario coins. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> Get a few extra lives yeah, with those. Just, yeah, just a few extra lives. 30000 uh, You said $30,000. $30,000. Now, uh, this is something that it's not exactly rare, right? Mario... 
Oh no! I yeah, mean, I mean like, you no, know, you know, Mario came with the the original console. I mean, right, you got the right. console, your controllers, maybe your gun. You know, with a special pack with the Duck Hunt Super Mario. But Super Mario, I think, came with every Nintendo. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not rare. Yeah, it's they not made rare. millions of Nintendos. Exactly. You know, I mean, I got mine when I was eight, nine, whatever. I gotta show my wife this article because her dad used to work for Nintendo and. I wonder how she would feel about this. Huh, I don't this know. This is interesting. But anyway, let, let, let's, let's go. Let's you just want to find out if he's got any stashed at home. That's no, he doesn't. I've been to his home. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> he doesn't have any. But, man, she used to be, like, once once the kids in her school found out that she her dad worked for Nintendo. Oh, man. Instant popularity. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Most popular girl in the school exactly. by far. All right. Yeah. Uh, let me read this piece. a uh, little bit of this piece by Tim uh, from Jemer. Oh, let's see. Could you ever imagine a video game as common as Super Mario Brothers being considered ridiculously valuable? It turns out that the day has come. As reported by Kotaku, a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers for the original Nintendo Entertainment System was sold at auction on eBay for $30,100.44. Retro GameStop store DK Oldies initially put the game up for auction starting at one penny. One penny. One penny, along with other mint condition NES games. According to the CEO, Drew Stemmel, the intent was to get rid of the games that had been sitting in his office for quite some time. The buyer of the sealed Super Mario Brothers allegedly purchased many other sealed NES games being sold by DK Oldies. Among those being offered was a copy of Kid Icarus that sold for $11,000. Love that game. Not that much, but yeah. I love that game. <laughs> That's a, that was a fun game. That was a real fun game. Uh, frustrating, if I remember. Yes, very frustrating. <laughs> that and Metroid, just, yeah. Yeah. Very frustrating for a 10-year-old. <laughs> While this story is fascinating on its, own, it may, on its own merits, it also goes to show how rarity can be a bit more complicated than it appears at times. For all intents and purposes, Super Mario Brothers is not a rare game. It's, it's not, because as you mentioned, it's, it was in every console. It was in every console. On the contrary, the Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt, Duck Hunt cartridge is considered one of the easiest NSE titles, NES titles to find. So why exactly is the Super Mario Brothers selling for over 30000 Did the buyer get ripped off? Simply put, the devil is in the details. Though it usually goes without saying, the condition of the cart goes a long way and increasing the value. Remember, many retro games of this era came in fairly flimsy boxes. They were very, very flimsy. Very flimsy, yes. That rarely lasted more than a couple of months, let alone the decades that Super Mario Brothers copied did. You can make the argument that the NES game would be valuable in mint condition, but for the game as an iconic as Super Mario Brothers, it turns out the game into, it turns the game into something of a historical piece. Long story short, as Paul and I were talking... It was in everything, and this guy had a sealed copy of it. How many sealed copies can there be? Exactly. I mean, I don't know if anybody had that mindset back then, you know, just like with Transformers and Star Wars and stuff like that, to actually keep them um, in that condition. That's right. You know, I just think it was that that era where people, we got tons and tons of stuff, but I don't think anybody was in that uh, collector set. And I think I agree with the piece of history. I mean, they have, oh, there's definitely. a video game. You yeah. just went to the video yeah, game. Uh, exactly. Hall, well, not Hall of Fame. The museum. video game museum. Yeah, yeah museum. And uh, I mean, the video games have a museum, so clearly sure. they're a part of the you know society. And now, you talk to anybody, anybody that's under the age of eighteen, and they spend a lot of times playing video games. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean. Of so I mean, it's a, it's a huge thing, and that's a huge deal. Yeah. And I think that could be something where next thing you know, we'll start seeing six figure games, man. I think it's coming. I think it's it's coming too. Um, it's definitely, 
if it hasn't been on, I mean, maybe there hasn't happened already. And That's true. We it don't know. Already happened, right. I know that there's that gold edition of the of the of the Super or the Nintendo Olympics game where they had the gold cartridge. Yeah, there's something. That's yeah. pretty rare. Yeah, and I I just I know it's out there, but seeing a Mario. Everybody loves Mario, and seeing Luigi, itself exactly. Give them some credit. Everybody loves it, and seeing the sealed copy go for thirty thousand was kind of mind blowing. And uh, kudos to that guy for 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 clearing off for his desk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's do some spring cleaning. And, I'm gonna go clear off car. my desk. And see if I can find a ninety-two Pudge or something. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, guys. Uh, that's. That's the first segment down and in the books. Thank you again for coming back with us this week. We're going to take a quick break, quick, quick break and be back with Chris Stuber on the other end of it. You guys hang tight. Hi, guys. My name is Mike Rubin. I own Colorado's best card shop, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, and you are listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys. We're back after that quick break. And joining us on the phone now is uh, Chris Stuber of Baseball Cards Daily. And uh, he he's got his, he's got a, a couple unique take uh, takes on things. He's, he's got a, a card stock market that we want to talk about, but he's got a, a history uh, in in the NFL and the AFL that we also want to talk about. But Chris, before we get into all that, please introduce yourself and tell our listeners who may not know who you are a little bit about yourself. Sure. So, um, you know, growing up, I was a big baseball card collector. I started collecting baseball cards when I was six years old. Um, I remember my first pack of cards that I opened like it was yesterday. It was a pack of 1986 tops. And, you know, you guys do remember the 86 tops with the, the black border on the top and then the white walls beside the, the profile picks. That was just something that I just gravitated towards at such a young age. And um, during my teenage years, at the age of 12, I started to work in baseball card stores or sports card stores, I should say. And um, I worked in sports card stores. Uh, from 12 to about 17 years old and um, was really invested into the hobby and still am today. I've been collecting for, man, I guess 31 years now. So um, it's one of those things that has been a huge part of my life and continues to be a huge part of my life and um, especially baseball cards. I've really just kind of concentrated in that while I've collected the other sports. Baseball cards has been my my biggest passion. Um, and then, you know, on the professional side, I've uh, been an NFL draft analyst and an NFL insider for a number of years now, about 15 years. Um, I've worked for scout.com, Fox Sports, CBS. And, you know, I've really decided to go into that avenue with the NFL and college football um, instead of baseball because I want to keep my fandom in baseball where football, I wanted to have it more as a profession. And professionally, you know, I've also worked in the Arena Football League as a player personnel director, as you guys just mentioned, with my AFL background. So I think I have a pretty diverse background when it comes to sports in general and also with the hobby itself. Man, that's, that is a resume. Yeah, that's, it, that really is. That is a resume, and he didn't even talk about being a baseball card expert. Yeah, he is a baseball card <laughs> expert, too. He is, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I'm a geek that way in a lot of ways where um, when, when I open a pack of cards, baseball cards specifically, I just don't flip through them and say, yeah, I got this guy, this guy. You know, I actually look at the card in detail, and I, I like to think of myself as a grader in a lot of ways because I like to look at, you know, the centering and the surface and the corners and if there's any creases or if it's all good to go. Um so I really analyze a pack of cards, even if it's the most common person in the world or if it's the biggest star in the world. I just like to see 
how they're so different, the, the cards and how they're cut. And that always fascinates me. I don't know if it fascinates you guys as well, but if you remember back in the late 80s, or I'm just, you know, I'm 37, so I'm going back to the 80s and to the 90s, the bad cut jobs of some of these cards, I, it just really puzzled me. When you look at like 90 Bowman or 89 Upper Deck Baseball, it always fascinated me how bad they could be cut. And today, there's still some bad cut jobs. But I just like to look at all those little intricacies of, of, of baseball cards. Yeah, I mean, the centering is such a huge thing. And, and even today, I mean, we opened some stuff not too long ago, and it's, you know, half the card's off the off the card. You know, he's missing right. half his head and right. whatnot. So that stuff still happens, which is amazing, because you figure 30 years later, the technology should be that much better and and whatnot. So. No question. I, uh, he mentioned uh, an interesting element that we've brought up before on on other shows, but um, the surface, like the surface yes. grade, a surface grade will kill a card if it's. I mean, mm-hmm. no one looks at it really. I mean, they just oh, the, the centering looks great, left, right, uh, top, top down, and you know the corners and edges are good. Let's send this in, but then you got a print dot, and it'll it'll kill your card. Kill it. <laughs> no question. And scratches, they'll, they'll kill it, whether it's a little smudge. Thank God there's no more bubble gum in baseball cards. I mean, um, <laughs> that, that used to kill cards overall. That's that's right. That's right. All right, let's 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 move on. Let's talk about the NFL because you, you are an NFL draft analyst. Uh, you're an Eagles insider. Just uh, through the first couple of weeks here of the preseason, who's standing out to you from this year's rookie class? From, you know, maybe a couple from the NFL and then you know, a couple from the Eagles specific. Yeah, sure. When I look at this year's rookie class, it's a very good class overall. Uh, but when you look at the hobby in general, if you're a football card collector, I always look towards the offensive side of the ball. And there's a lot of good defensive players, and this is a very good defensive player draft. But the hobby doesn't really translate well with defensive players. It's more on the offensive side that I think collectors look at because that's what scores points. That's how people are looking at viewed as impactful. So the guy that I was really high on during the draft process was Christian McCaffrey, and for various reasons, not only because he's so explosive, but he's so different. He's different from any player that we've seen in recent years. I mean, he's a Caucasian-playing running back. We don't see that very often in the NFL. So I think instantly there's going to be some sort of people going over to that and it's going to be a hobby explosion because I think the kid is the real deal. He's going to put up a lot of numbers. He's going to be a guy that's going to be polarizing in a way on the field that I just think a lot of fans, not necessarily just Carolina Panthers fans, but I think NFL fans in general are really going to fall in love with this kid because he is a great kid. He has a pedigree. His, his father was an NFL player. His mother was an Olympian. So uh, there's a lot of good things with McCaffrey and his brothers. They also have a great football background as well. So I think when you talk about the hobby and what this kid can do on the field in general, I think the sky's the limit with him. I think Leonard Fournette is another guy that you really have to look at, another running back, a big bruising type of runner who I think is going to put up some big numbers there in Jacksonville. He didn't play a lot in the preseason so far, and he did make some comments, but I think overall what he's going to be able to provide into this hobby could almost be Adrian Peterson-like when he came first up. Um, but he's that big guy that I think a lot of guys are going to really love in this hobby and just try to collect his rookie cards. Um, what other guys too? Deshaun Watson. I think as a quarterback, you want to take a look at. Um, I think he has a lot that you'll look at in a potential franchise quarterback. And if you're looking to collect a young quarterback, hop on the bandwagon of somebody right now. I think Deshaun Watson is someone that you want to hop on right now. 
And in the future, I think Patrick Mayholmes is another guy that you may want to go after right now and hope that he has some big dividends in the future. Man, I, I, I definitely agree with uh, I, I definitely agree with your first one with uh, with McCaffrey. I mean, after what he did to, to Luke Kuechly in uh, practice, um, we've all seen that video. I think he's definitely got some potential. That's for sure. Um, it's interesting you brought up Mahomes because I've heard a lot of people talk about him. And, um, you know, Alex Smith is definitely a good game manager and just kind of like runs things out there. But I think Mahomes has the explosiveness that that offense needs. So it'll be very interesting to see if uh, if there ends up being a quarterback controversy by the end of the year there. He's another guy with pedigree as well. Uh, you know, his dad yep. pitched for the Rangers. And uh, right. uh, his godfather's LaTroy Hawkins, I believe. So, uh, okay. it's, it's he, you know, he's, he's got that. I think he's uh, NFL ready. Whereas what, what I mean by that is he's ready to, like the spotlight shouldn't, shouldn't be a big thing. Not that there's a huge spotlight. It's not New York or Los Angeles. You know, Kansas City's not New York or Los Angeles. But he's, he's been in situations around his father and around that baseball community that he's, he, sees, he sees and knows how to act. So uh, I think that'll be very beneficial for him in the NFL. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think with May Holmes, you just hit it on the head. Anytime you have kids who have a pedigree where their fathers played in a professional setting, they've seen their dad do some things. They've seen their dad in the spotlight. They understand the situation they're now in and how to handle certain situations. So guys like Christian McCaffrey and Patrick Mahomes, they're rookies, but in a lot of ways they're veterans because they know how to conduct themselves, and it's not too big for them. And I think eventually they're going to really be two of the kids from this class that are going to shine not only on the field but within the hobby. I agree. Hey, let's um let's talk about your Eagles. Who's going to shine this year there in in Philly? Yeah, if you're talking about from a rookie perspective, the guy fans and collectors they should really keep an eye on is Matt Collins, the wide receiver from North Carolina, who is a rookie. And but the biggest thing with Matt Collins is his relationship with Carson Wentz, and they've had a rapport. I would say going back even before the draft, they had pre-workouts together. Uh, Carson was thrown to him even before the draft. They share the same agent, and they've already had some sort of a connection on the field. In that game against Green Bay, Matt Collins caught that touchdown. I'm sure you guys all saw the highlights of that, where he had two stiff arms, got into the end zone, and everything was happy in the end zone there. So um, I think you're going to see a lot more of that, especially with the trade of Jordan Matthews, where Matt Collins could be the new slot receiver come week one or week two. It just depends on how Nelson Aguilar progresses throughout this preseason but Matt Collins is definitely someone to keep an eye on um and also Derek Barnett Derek Barnett had a great game last night but again he's a defensive player he was their first round draft pick and when you talk about the hobby do you guys agree with me with that where defensive players they're not really looked at as a hobby hot guy and not someone that I think a lot of fans look to go after when it comes to defense. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, there's very few people that, that command that in the hobby. I mean, there's the J.J. Watts of the world. Um, you know, when he's healthy and he's playing, you know, a lot of people are, are going after his stuff. You know, maybe Clay Matthews. But, yeah, the, the list is very, very short of people that can that can demand that kind of uh, attention in the hobby. I think so, too. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, I think it was actually last week, you and I sat down and did a box break of uh, certified football in – you pulled a Deshaun Watson, right? And then, like the following pack, I pulled a Champ Bailey autograph, 
and you know that mm-hmm. Watson was number to twenty five, that Bailey was number to twenty five. That Watson right now, without playing a single NFL game, you know, regular season game, is going to way outsell that Champ Bailey, who's a Hall of Famer. You right. Know? I think it's so, like three times difference. I actually looked it up. I think it outsells it by three times. So that's that's really crazy to me to to think about that. But um, you know, I love the defensive guys. So uh, Champ <laughs> Champ's one of my guys. Um, you look like a defensive guy. I think Charles Woodson is like that that guy that maybe crosses that and bridges that gap, you know, because he sells well, and but he still doesn't sell what this rookie, you know, even this rookie class. Like again, he doesn't sell like that. So um, there needs to be some more love on the de- defensive side of the ball. I, I definitely agree. I think uh, it's almost like fantasy football in a lot of ways. You know, fantasy is so catered towards offense where you only select a team usually for your fantasy football team. Right, right. And there's no individual players that you select. So I think there's a lot of correlation between fantasy football and collecting cards because it's the same kind of respect that you show. You know, everything goes towards offense in a lot of ways. That's true. I mean, even the kickers get drafted in uh, fantasy football. Yeah, some that's right. That's so. right. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right uh, let's talk about some, some uh, maybe some sophomore guys or some guys who uh, um, are maybe looking to have a comeback season. Who, who do, who's out there on the radar, on your radar, that uh, is poised to have a, a comeback season or a nice, a nice big sophomore season? Yeah, I think the guy that I'm really looking at um, is Adrian Peterson. I'm just really curious to see what he can do down there in New Orleans. Adrian's had a lot of injuries during his career, especially the last few years. And I think he's a guy with Drew Brees behind center, someone who's on his level in a lot of ways, potentially as a future Hall of Famer. I think Adrian could have that resurgence that we're all looking for. Uh, He's 31 years old. He's a guy who I still think has some life left in his legs. Maybe he has another good two, three years left in him. Maybe New Orleans is a kickstart. I would love to see him get back on the map because if he's back on the map, you know fans are going to start to really go after his cards again because he is that type of player. He is that type of personality. He's the guy that I think in this hobby, he was once the hottest football card on the market. I don't see why that cannot happen again. So I think Adrian, I think a lot of fans out there are really curious to see what he can do in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean that's a it's you know with him and there with Mark Ingram being there, I mean it could definitely be a good tandem. Plus, you know, he's been injured, but you know hopefully that's like he'll come out a little fresher. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have as quite as many miles on him as a normal thirty-one year old. So hopefully it will uh, will correlate on the field. So I, I think that's a good point. He doesn't have quite as many miles as on him as you know, that NFL running back drop off after thirty is huge. But right. he's he's pretty much had two seasons off. And I, I understand that he's been rehabilitating uh, both those knee surgeries, but um, he's he's had two seasons off, and now he's in a situation where he's going to probably be a third down back behind you know mm-hmm. behind Mark Ingram, where Mark Ingram you know gets the ball in first and second, or you know Drew Brees is airing it out, and then you come in on third and two, and hopefully you you end up with six yards. Yeah, so, I mean I, I can't wait to see him catch that little swing pass in the in the in the field and watch him start breaking some tackles, I, man. I, I don't know if it's fair to say he's been underrated in his career. But catching out of the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield has definitely been something. I don't think that he's been absolutely, totally utilized for. Right. I think that mm-hmm. he, if he caught if he caught the ball out on a swing, man, and, cut, and hit that corner, he's probably gone. <laughs> you, would, I mean, you would think so. Yeah, I would think so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you guys know this too. This is a two back league anymore. Sometimes it's a three back league because injuries happen all the time. And while Mark Ingram is there, Adrian Peterson, he's just one injury away from being the lead back. 
So we just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Very completely true. true. Completely true. Hey, let's talk about your Twitter, uh, your Twitter feed for a moment. Anybody who follows you on Twitter uh, knows and sees your cardstock pieces. Man, these are really creative. Um, basically, it's, it's it's your opinion on on who on who's hot. You, you treat it like a stock market type thing, like a commodity that that could be traded on the open market. And lately, you've been hot, uh, really hot on um, some guys that you should be, uh, like Trout, Judge, Bellinger, and, and Benintendi. Where is this market information coming from, and how are you using that to help collectors stay on top of their game? Yeah, I'm not just creating these just to tell people, this is who I would like you to see you invest in. I'm also investing in these similar cards. A lot of these guys I look at, and I'm saying, these are the guys that you should go after right now, just not for today, but also for tomorrow and years to come. So when I talk about Ben and and we all know about Trout, Trout's the best he's amazing and also with harper those are two guys you should always go out there and invest in yeah i know injuries happen but these guys to me they're already legends while guys like ben and and cody bellinger um and even aaron judge those three guys right there they could be the future of major league baseball and when i look at a guy like ben and he does remind me a lot of mike trout He's a smaller type of kid. He's only about 5'10", 180, 190, around that area. But what all the things he's able to do on the field, he's a five-tool guy to me. He makes contact. He's a great runner. He gets stolen bases. He plays the field well. He can hit for average. He can hit for power. You're seeing him gain more patience and more um, understanding at the plate. So I think... Good things are ahead for Ben Attendi. I think he's only going to get better as the season progresses. And I think next year he has a breakout season. I think Cody Bellinger, he reminds me a lot of Sean Green. He has that long, lanky kind of swing, that lefty swing. It's smooth. He hits for power. He hasn't really hit it for a lot of average just yet, but I think that can potentially come. He's a guy that I think, given some patience, I don't know if he's going to be a superstar, but I think he could be a star player in this league. And I think that... He has that 40-plus potential home run uh, caliber in him. So I think eventually he's going to be one of those guys that he may kind of just slant off a little bit, not be the star that we're all looking at right now. But I think he's going to be a very quality player like a Sean Green. And Aaron Judge, um, he just has legendary power. And if you have that kind of legendary power, you're always going to be a hit in the card market. You're always going to be a hit with the fans. And if he's a guy who's going to be able to hit 45, 55 home runs a year, he's always going to be hot on the market. He's going to be a guy that I think everyone's going to go after no matter what. His cards are always going to gain value, and that's what it's all about in the card market. You know, you go out there, you buy them, you collect them. Sometimes you sell them, sometimes you keep them. But I think Aaron Judge, in the long run, the only thing working against him is that he's going to be 26 next year. So you always got to keep that in mind. How old are these guys? How is the longevity going to be? Are they going to be any better, or is he just topping out right now as a rookie? So there's a lot of things that you have to keep in mind. And with these card stocks that I'm doing, I'm just trying to lay out what's what's the obvious and then also what's on the market, what you should invest in, but also looking ahead for some of these guys to tell you why you should and why you should not collect them or invest in them. Wow. That's a lot of information right there. That, that is a lot of information. <laughs> and I agree I agree with most of what he's talking about. I mean, the, the nice thing about Bellinger is he's around such a good team. Such a good team, man. Such yeah. a solid yeah. team. And I think it's really going to help him to be able to grow and continue and uh, you know maybe be that superstar. Uh, Tim Kirchner. That's huge. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, go that's ahead. That's huge. 
Yeah, that's huge too. I think the fan base for all these players plays a huge part in it. And if if a player is performing, then I think that fan base and that interest and that demand just increases. So when you're talking about Benintendi, Red Sox, Bellinger, Dodgers, Judge, Yankees, you're talking about three of the best fan bases in all Major League Baseball. So if those guys perform, and if you're just a collector and you're looking to collect for somebody and just you're, you're a player hunter, those are three guys that you want to target because not only are they really good players, their fan base is tremendous and demand's going to go up for those cards. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Now, on your site, do you, um, you know, when you're doing these things, do you talk more about like the the base cards? Do you talk about getting them graded? Do you talk about autographs? Like, how do you how do you go about putting what what you think is going to be the good investment, or how do you come up with that I, that part of it? Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's all subjective. I think that's really up to the collector. And when I look at it, I always try to buy cards wrong. I then will decide if I want to go out there and get them graded because I do get graded cards and I love graded cards. I think there's obviously a huge market for that. And I think a lot of collectors love to have graded cards. But when I talk about these um, card stocks, I really just try to talk about going out there and getting a raw card because unless you have a lot of money, you're not going to really be able to afford a lot of the cards I'm out, out there saying invest in this because it multiplies the cost by I mean, geez, sometimes five, five, five times the price. Sometimes depends on what the card is. Um, so I think what you really have to look at is trying to get those cards raw, determine the um, the condition, whether the centering's good, the corners are good, the surface is good. That's kind of hard just through a picture if you're buying like on eBay or on the internet or doing whatever you're trying to do. Um, but try to determine the best value for that card and go out there and get them because I think they're only going to go up in value even more. So when I do give you those three cards to invest in, I do try to get an expensive one, a moderate one, and then a cheaper one. I, I do try to do that. Um, but I also look at, you know, the highest one. You know, sometimes, for instance, um, the Mike Trout, the 2009 Bowman. We all know that car. We know what that goes for. Um, but then, obviously, the 2011 Tops Update, that is kind of a cheaper level card where it's about $250. So I think if you get that card, that has the potential to potentially be a $500 to $700 card when it's all said and done. I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Those for update sure. cards are doing really well right now. That, they, that, they really are, yeah. All right, man, let's, uh, let's move on and go back to Philly and talk about the Flyers because uh, they selected Nolan Patrick with the second overall pick in this year's NHL draft. And – Paul and I have absolutely loved this kid since the day that he came in our studio and sat down with us and and talked about um, just hockey and, and his, his hopes and dreams for the future and uh, how he how he plans to you know play in the, in, a, in the NHL. But uh, being a Philly Philly guy yourself, what does it mean for the Flyers to get somebody someone like this kid? Man, he, he's uh, he's you know six three two two thirty two forty and he, he's an absolute beast. But we want your opinion on him. I think it's huge. It's obviously huge for a franchise trying to find an identity. And in Philly right now, all four of the, of the four major sports teams, they're all within their own kind of process because you hear with the Sixers trust the process, but all the teams are within their own process. And the Flyers are there right now, and they're trying to find that next guy. And Nolan Patrick seems to be that guy. I mean, the Flyers, it was a, a godsend that they got the number two overall pick. 
they're positioned in the draft lottery to be the 13th overall pick and somehow magically to get number two in Nolan Patrick. And what that could be is a franchise changer. And if Nolan is able to stay healthy where he's had issues with some injuries over the past couple of years, if he's able to stay healthy and he's able to show his ability and the skill set that he does have, this is a franchise changer. He's a guy who could score 40 goals a year. He has that potential. He's only 19, and his pedigree is unquestioned. Uh, his family lineage that he has that's played hockey. That's tremendous. And I think that's just moving forward. He could be the future captain of the Flyers. But for the Flyers to move forward, I really do believe that they won't move forward until they get rid of Claude Giroux. Now, that's not saying that Claude Giroux isn't still a good player. He's just a declining player right now. And while he still has that C on his chest, there's no way that the Flyers can move forward as a franchise because in a lot of ways, I think he just hampers the Flyers because he's not the one. He's not the player that he used to be. Yeah, I mean that. I, I don't know a whole lot about hockey. That's more of uh, <laughs> Eric's Eric's category over there about the the hockey stuff. But uh, I, I like the kid. I really hope uh, the best for him. I hope he does well. Um, you know, it would just be it'd be really cool for that to uh, to actually come together. I know he was supposed to be the the first round pick, but he fell. The first, this, yeah, the first the first pick, right? Yeah, but he fell to number two. He fell to number two. Um, you what, what he was saying about Claude is, is true. He Claude's been great in Philly, but he he is a declining player, and um, I I I don't know. I to move away from Claude, you know, it, it might upset some of the fan base, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it it. For the franchise, they got to do what's cor- do do what's correct. Speaking of Philly fan, <laughs> Paul. Yeah, <laughs> they got some interesting fans. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, let, let's let's hear Chris's take on the Philly fans before I say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, Descri- uh, describe Philly fan for us, Chris. Well, you guys know that I am from Philly. I uh, recently moved down to Tampa, so I was in Philly for thirty six years, and uh, I am a Philly fan as well. Um, but the fan base is very unique, and I think that's a, a good word to describe that fan base, unique, but it's also a very insecure fan base because they have not won. They have not won the championships that New York has won or Boston has won, uh, Chicago, some of the major cities. And Philly, it's a huge city. It's a big city. It's a top-five city in terms of market size. And for them not to win championships – they sometimes feel like they're slighted because they should be better. They should be amongst the New Yorks and the Chicago's and the Boston's. They should be up there in their minds. But when you look at the Phillies history of athletes, it's really not that great when you compare it to other huge cities. Um, But the fan base, I just think they're kind of just spurned and kind of jaded in a lot of ways because, um, again, they just haven't won. So I think they do get a bad rap, but I also think that they don't do themselves any good when they behave a certain way. And I think the fans around the nation, they kind of look at Philly because all they hear are boos and they get this sort of, you know, the Santa Claus with the snowballs and J.D. Jurgen batteries thrown at him or um, throwing bracelets on the ice during Ed Snyder's night when he passed away. And those bracelets are given away as a commemorative, but they throw them on the ice. Um, so they do some dumb things, and it's kind of well-deserved, their reputation. But I think in a lot of ways they're um, misunderstood, they're jaded. Um, but the biggest thing about Philly fans is that they're passionate, and they love their teams, and they love their athletes. 
and they will stick up for anyone who has any kind of connection with Philly if they're being badmouthed. It's a family atmosphere in Philly. Um, the way that you say hi to your family a lot of times is you boo them or you curse at them or whatever it may be. That's the Northeast mentality. It's, uh, you know, it's not for everybody. And if you're an athlete coming to Philly and you're from the West Coast or from the South and you're not used to kind of a Northeast mentality where it's a blue-collar mentality and you're more of a white-collar kid or just not used to kind of getting cursed at or booed, it may not be for you. Or if you're a fan from another city or another fan base and it's specifically like in maybe a Midwest town where everything's happy-go-lucky and, you know, you're just appreciative of having professional sports and whatever it may be. The Northeast, if you go there and you wear your team's colors into one of the Philly stadiums, you're going to get booed. You may get a beer splashed on you. There's a lot of things that can happen. Um, <laughs> but it's it's the city of brotherly love, right? So that's just how we treat <laughs> a lot of people. It's just, it's just a different atmosphere. Um, but I love Philly fans. I'm hard on them a lot of times because I think they should behave in a better way. But the way that they behave is what they know. And um, I think their way of showing love is being real. And if you're not performing, you're going to get booed. You know, if you're they, performing, you're going to get cheered. They can't decide on who has the better Philly cheesesteak outside of Vet Stadium. So expecting them to come inside stadium, Philly Stadium and, or any stadium in Philly and 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 – <laughs> and like your team is a, it's a far stretch, man. That's true. Right. I, I got to know, Chris. What, how do you go? Do you go? Uh, was it? A, is it Geno's? Is it, what are the two? The warring, the warring uh, cheesesteak places. Um, yeah, well, the, the tourist traps are Geno's and Pat's. They're okay. good. Yeah, it just depends on what you like. But they're they're very good, and those are the places that all the tourists go to all the time. So. Um, but they're very good. They're they're very good. Okay, I prefer I, I prefer gym steaks. They're, they're they're tremendous. What say it again? I, I got to know because I'm going to Philly next summer, so I get. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer gym steaks on South Street. Okay, there you go. That's that's my answer. There you go. The insider's <laughs> the view. The insider's right there. view. Not only on football, but also cheesesteaks. <laughs> there we <laughs> <you> go. <laughs> good stuff, man. Yeah, I was I was up at um up at Philly for the first ever Nationals game when the Nationals had their first game ever as a franchise. And they booed the snot out of them, man. And I just was sitting there in amazement. <laughs> I wasn't even wearing a Nationals hat. I was just like, good grief, man. That's rough. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, oh. It's tough. It's definitely tough. And with the Nationals, they always boo Jason Worth. It doesn't matter. So Jason, uh, he had his days here in Philly. So it was uh, the way when he left, Jason just became enemy number one to the Phillies mindset. So. <laughs> Got you. That's why he started growing his beard, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, look, before we let you go, we want to hear about your uh, your days at the Arena Football League, man. Uh, I love Arena Football. And uh, what did you get a chance to do there, and uh, what was your experience like? Yeah, with the Arena Football League, um, I was the director of player personnel uh, with the Georgia Force uh, for a few years, and I was also director of player personnel with the New Orleans Voodoo for a year. Um, unfortunately, both of those franchises, um, they fold it. Uh, you guys just know the financial woes of the Arena League. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a great league, and, um, but it's coming back now, and it's, it's popular. I mean, it's, it's, it's gaining viewership, and people are starting to know it, but there's only about five teams in the league right now. 
Um, and I was also a personnel consultant for the Washington Valor um, this past offseason. So, yeah, it, it was a great experience. Um, it was kind of living out a dream in a lot of ways. And um, I just look back at my days of collecting cards and having those trading sessions when I was a kid, when I was like six. Like I mentioned, I collected cards, and my brother did as well. And um, when we were about eight, eight, nine, ten years old, we would have these trading sessions in our house you know, invite our friends over and kind of just uh, have eight-hour sessions where we would just trade cards back and forth. And I look back at those days and just kind of what I did in the Arena League, and it kind of all just was kind of relevant and just translated over where um, what I wanted to do as a kid kind of came to fruition as an adult and um, was making transactions and uh, organizing trades to be made. And that was really cool. Um, so... I guess in a lot of ways what I did when I was younger um, when I wanted to be a, a general manager or a player personnel director um, kind of all just came full circle in a lot of ways as an adult and being in the arena league and making those kind of those kind of decisions for a franchise so um, that was awesome I really enjoyed my time in the arena league with those teams and uh, had a lot of fun and um, it's a great sport it's a professional league and uh I guess not many people can say that they worked in a professional football setting and uh, helped the team win some games. Um, unfortunately, we lost some games as well, but um, that's just sports. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's just sports. <laughs> that's so the true. Arena League is a lot of fun, man. And, um, you know, I, I used to live up in Washington. I live in Seattle, but I got over to Spokane to see the see their team play. They were they were a lot of fun. And um, it's I think it's it's a fast-paced game. That for whatever yeah. reason people don't don't watch. It's there's a lot of scoring. I mean, it's like watching Baylor and Texas Tech every every Saturday. Yeah, right? I mean, if it parallels the there's no defense. Yeah, so there's, there's you know it's right. perfect for collecting, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's perfect. That's right. For yeah, it's a different game. There's no question, and I think a lot of people unfortunately look at it as being gimmicky. Um, and uh, but it's different. It's indoor. It's it's a different look to a field. It's a different look of a field goal post. Um, but like you mentioned, Eric, it's, uh, it's definitely fast paced. If you like scoring and you like everything that goes along with it, it's, it's exciting. Um, it's sort of like rock and roll football in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, you got the PA announcer trying to get everybody involved down after down. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun and, uh, it's a great game, and if you love football, I think you should definitely check it out. If you haven't been to an Arena League game, you should definitely go check it out. Um, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I think a lot of other people do as well. It's yeah. also affordable. That too. That <laughs> oh, too. It's, it's tremendously affordable. That's a great thing too, yes. And some of those teams put up more points than uh, NBA teams do on some nights. Yeah, that's true. So That's really true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, All right. It's like, it's like a, like a Pac-10 atmosphere in a lot of ways with the scoring. There's no question. Absolutely. Good deal. Absolutely. All right, man. Uh, we're up against it. We got uh, one more segment to do here. But before we get you run you out of here, please let our listeners know where they can follow you on social media so they can uh, look check out some of those awesome cardstock pieces you're doing. Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter at Chris Stuber. Last name is spelled S T E U B E R. You can also get me on Instagram at Chris Stuber. And also, um, Baseball Cards Daily, I'm on Twitter there. That's at BB Cards Daily. Also on Instagram, at BB Cards Daily. So, yeah, check me out. Um, hit me up. Um, I'll definitely answer your questions, anything on baseball cards, football, whatever you want to talk about. But uh, I'm pretty accessible. 
Awesome, awesome. Thank you very much for uh, joining us again, uh, making yourself available again today. And uh, let's do this again soon, okay? Thanks, guys. Hey, anytime. All right, brother. Take care, Chris. This is Craig with LegendLockers.com, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, man. Chris Stuber, if you need him. Yeah, man. Need him for lots of things. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun there. A lot of good insights. Uh, That professional, sports professional insight uh, twist on cards is one that I don't think we've had on the show yet. No, probably not. So that was was kind of cool. I liked it a lot. For sure. I liked it a whole lot. Um, Now, yesterday, this is where we would have uh, introduced Rich Klein and had an interview with him. We would have. But uh, as I said, the audio files were were messed up, so we had to... uh, redo everything and rich uh is not with us today but i want to do rich right uh rich was here to promote his two upcoming shows over the labor day weekend yes two of them so this is straight from rich klein's facebook page i'm gonna i'm just gonna read it tell you what it says there you go that works because i want to uh he does have two really good shows and uh one of them one of them is for a great cause yep so i want you guys to to be aware of uh, if you're local collectors uh get out there if you can so uh August sixteenth from Rich Klein's Facebook page, the first part of our two sports card shows, two sport card shows, four day Labor Day weekend e- event will be held on Friday September first and Saturday September second at the Comfort Inn Suites in Pla- Plano East, located at seven hundred East Central Parkway, Plano Texas seven five zero seven four. That's his normal monthly show. That's his normal monthly show. Okay. And missing is just $1, and we will have an hour, hourly $10 door prize drawing. Friday hours are from 1 to 7, and the Saturday hours are from 10 to 4. We have verbal commitments from many nationally known old-school dealers, including Roger Newfelt, Newfelt, Larry Dooley, and Clint Adler. We're excited to bring these sports collectible hobbies greats and dealers into Plano. Uh, we've been to this show. We, we yeah, have actually absolutely. set up for that show. We have. Um, a lot of you know stuff. When these guys come down from other places, you know they, they bring in stuff that you know is not here in the market right now. Right? So yeah, for sure. That, that's a uh, that's gets good. So if you're local, go check that show out. Uh, for that, sure. That's a good one. Yes. Uh, the second part of the show is uh, the the uh, the two day, two show Labor Day weekend memorabilia event will be held at the Advat Advat Chiverum. I, I never get that right. Yeah. I'm I, sorry. I don't mean to disrespect what that is. Uh, Advat Chevrum, located at 6300 Independence Parkway, Suite A, Plano, Texas, 75023. Uh, this is his synagogue. Synagogue, yes. Yeah, so this is the one that's really near and dear to his heart. Exactly. A, a lot of effort and a lot of love yeah. goes into this uh, into this show. That's right. You know, his love for the hobby and, and for shows and stuff really comes through with this one. Right. Um, I completely agree. This show, which benefits uh, the Brotherhood, will be held on Sunday, September 3rd, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Monday, September 4th, from 4 to 11 a.m. I'm, I'm sorry, from September 4th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Well, I got it all tongue-tied. You are a little e- bit. Each person who contributes the suggested $1 donation will receive a goodie bag with a prize slip inside. We will have different dealers from the Comfort Inn show, refreshments available as well. All right, so what... He was saying these goodie bags have like 100 to 200 cards in them. Right. And it's not like right. 90s junk wax. Some right. of it, but not all I mean, of it. Some of it, some of it might be, but he's got, a lot of, uh, he's got a, a lot of newer stuff in there too. Uh, I've been to this show. It's great. The prizes that he had at the last show were awesome. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I can't speak to the prizes that he'll have this time, but what I did see last time were you know, there was Joe Montana uh, 
photo signed. There was a Gordie Howe game ready jersey signed. There was a Roger Staubach rookie that was really nice. Um, there, he had all kinds of stuff. I can't speak to what he's going to have this time, but I know last time the, the prize selection was great. Yeah, and, he uh, said he's gotten tons of donations from, from yeah. different manufacturers and from different people. So, sure. um, kudos to them for stepping up and, and helping him out. And uh, I think he said like they've earned the last few years what about eight thousand dollars or something. Eighty five hundred dollars or something. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's great, man. They yeah. do good. They do good work with that. So. Uh, helps the uh, helps the kids go to summer camp. Yep. Uh, and you know it helps at the fall show helps with. Uh, uh, Hanukkah gifts and things like that. Yeah. So uh, definitely something to check out if you're in the local area. Uh, support local local card shows. It helps your area a lot. Absolutely. So if, if, you, if you have a local card show in your area, wherever you're listening to, to us at, just go check it out. But uh, if you're here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area next weekend, come on over here and uh, check out Rich Klein's show, and uh, I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Tell him the Fat Pack sent you. There you go. One, one of the Fat Packs might be there. Yeah, one of them. Well, yeah. I'm I'm not. You're out of town. I'm out of town, but uh, you might be there. I'm thinking. The wheels yeah. are turning. Yeah? The wheels are turning. Awesome. Yeah. Very awesome. Now, uh, Rich also did something very great for us yesterday while he was here. Um, he, he brought up a story that he, he told at the National. He told our hockey editor, Stephen LaRoche, about uh, about this reader's rights uh, piece that that was uh, sent in back in 93. Now, for our listeners that don't know, Rich worked at Beckett for 19, 18, I don't know, long time. A long time. Long time. He, yeah, he was, I don't he, want to put a number on it, but he's it one of the, like, the originals. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he was here for a while. Yeah, he's and, under uh, vintage, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Rich. Uh, Rich, Rich, did, uh, Rich did great contributions here at Beckett. Absolutely. And, um, but he was telling us about an old Reader's Right piece that uh, – Happened in April of '93, and I so I went back to the archives and I found the magazine. You did, and uh, this yes, you did. has got to be one of the best things, comedy-wise, <laughs> I've ever seen. This uh, is right up your alley. This is really right up my alley. Uh, but this is going to be the introduction of a new segment that we're going to have have here on Beckett Radio. Uh, we're going to go back. Don't have a title for it yet. So if hey, if you creative types out there on Twitter want to help name it. Uh, go. We're going to go back through the old reader rights and, you know, maybe once, I think we should do it once a week. We try once a week, you know, we'll try and uh, we'll um, look at an old reader readers write piece or two and uh, give a perspective on it from uh, 2017 and, and beyond, you know, yeah. and see. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, these are, some of these are 25 years old. Yeah. So uh, this particular piece got some gentlemen in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Two of them. <laughs> two of them. And uh, that's not my story to tell, but the genius. So long, this is how it's set up. Yeah. The hockey's reader write didn't get much readers writing. So, no, it did not. So um, there still, still doesn't. Still doesn't. <laughs> there may or may not have mostly may been some individuals that uh, sent in some uh, fake letters from fake people. Mm-mm-mm. And in this particular issue, April of '93, with screaming Mario Lemieux on the front of the cover. Um, we had a letter from the great Russian Igor Bachikakov. Yes. Igor Bachikakov. Spelled. Just like it sounds. B-Y-C-H-A-R-K-O-K-A-V. Bachikakov. <laughs> classic. That's In, classic comedy. I'm sorry. Insane. It's funny. It's it's sophomoric, but it's funny. It's sophomoric. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's quite junior high. Here's the thing. Igor 
had a nice question. He did have a nice question. Despite the hilarity of his name, it was a nice question. Nice question. Why don't you read the question? Let's read the question. Mr. Bakichakov says, what are the chances of pulling a 1992-93 Upper Deck Wayne Gretzky Hockey Heroes card? I've bought many packs but have yet to find one. What about the all-rookie Euro team, I'm sorry, all rookie Euro rookie team cards and all world team inserts. He's curious about odds, which are stated on the pack. They are. Maybe in Russia, they didn't have stated odds on the pack. Maybe so. It was a tough time back then for for Russia. You know, the wall had just fallen, <laughs> and you know, communication, the, the lines of communication were not exactly open. It's true. So maybe the printer didn't work. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. So. I don't know. So he found himself some paper. It wrote in. <laughs> wanting to know the odds. Oh That's what he goodness. did. What are the odds? What are the odds? I don't know. So here are the odds. Our our lovely uh, staff, Mr. M.H., who is no longer with us. I don't want to tell that story either. But the odds. Basically, this, this got him fired. <laughs> Uh, the odds of finding an insert in this year's upper deck packs are displayed on the back of the wrapper. Hockey heroes are 18 to 1, meaning that the odds of pulling the special issue are 1 out of every 18 packs. Euro rookie team holograms and all rookie team and all world teams are each 25 to 1. And the creme de la creme of the 92-93 hockey was the Pavel Bure SP 81 to 1, which... Pretty good odds, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a little over back two. Then. There was 36 packs in a box back mm-hmm. then, so you're talking just a little over two boxes to try to get one of those. Yeah. So, But he had opened some packs, and he didn't. He hadn't gotten He his. hadn't gotten one. And he, uh, he was curious. He was curious. Poor Igor, just over there without odds on the back of his pack. There's Same. more to that story, and uh, maybe next time Rich is on, he can share the rest of it. But uh, that's, that's the story of, uh, in our first edition of – Old school readers write. You guys think of a better think of a better name. Let me know, and we will make it a segment. We want to make it a segment because some of these are pretty good. And, and while I'm here in April of '93, I saw this little uh, little piece from Readers Write. Yeah, let's talk about that one from Paul Hennessy of Ontario, Canada. Man, we love Canada. A A double double meat sticks and hat tricks. We're uh, we love Canada. We do. I love Canada a lot. I can't wait to go. I like Paul Hennessy. He's a good dude. I, I can't wait for you to go either, so please go get your passport. I'm going to. Um, Mr. Paul Hennessy speaks to an issue that we see constantly here in the collecting world, and it's, it's a constant uh, conversation in... And this is 24 years this later. Is 20, yeah, 24, this is a constant conversation in forums and, and Facebook groups and Twitter feeds and everything like that. He says, I'm sick of reading letters from collectors who blame Beckett for high high card prices and for inequities in prices of star cards. Beckett does not set the prices, prices. The consumers does. If a card has inflated value, it's because the dealers and collectors will buy the card at the high price. Beckett is just a news report of the current market price. If you want prices to come down, then stop buying cards at inflated prices. <laughs> I, Boom. It's, this is 24 years in the making. <laughs> I, it's that simple. I don't. I don't know what to tell you, but Paul Hennessy, I'm gonna look you up on Facebook. You are my new hero, <laughs> right now. That was uh, a popular song back then at that time too. It was Hero. Yeah, I think just came out. Hero. Yeah. 
All right, that's that. That's the the new readers write segment. Go ahead, name it on uh, on Twitter for us. Send me your suggestions, uh, Eric N at Beckett dot com or Radio at Beckett dot com. Uh, that way, Paul can see them as well. There and, you go. Uh, we can come up with a new name for that, and uh, hopefully, do it more often. All right, Paul, Eric, we are now entering Beckett Whatevs territory, where we get to talk about whatever we want to talk about. And there's a couple of things on my mind that I want to get to and uh, break down. Break down. Break down. All right. Now, there's a... I, I can't wait. You can't wait. There's an Animal Kingdom story that I want to uh, discuss. Oh, goody. But uh, before we do that, we can talk about the eclipse if you want to, or we can we can have fun with the Animal Kingdom. It doesn't matter. Animal Kingdom's fun. Okay. Uh, let me Let me... Get the details here for you. Why don't you okay. give me some filler while while I pull this up? And oh yeah, I don't beatbox well. You don't at all. Be- not at all. No, you were telling me a little bit about this animal animal kingdom story, and uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I that's just crazy. It is. Uh, all right, I got it here. Um, it's crazy. You just I, I don't know what quite to think about it. I want to make sure I go to the one I was on yesterday. Before I pull it up here, uh, this is from the WFAA, uh, ABC of uh, ABC Eight, the affiliate here in uh, in DFW. Okay, um, man, this is something crazy and wild, and you know how I feel about snakes. They're just not for me. I mean, does anybody like snakes? I don't know if they do or not, but snakes are not for me. But this guy likes snakes. This guy loves snakes, and you can tell. By the way, he got out of his car to herd them. <laughs> That's just a funny statement. We're in Texas. You herd cattle. You don't herd snakes. snakes. Yeah, this dude, um, man, nah, it's not going to pull up. Son of a gun. All right, I'll go to a different one. All right. We remember. I remember the last I remember. The yeah, the minister. So basically, him and his son are out. Um, <laughs> okay, here we go. They're driving in West Texas, which... If you know anything about Texas, I mean, other than heat and tumbleweeds, is there anything else in West Texas? I don't know. I don't I think don't, there I, is anything oil, in West Texas. There's oil out there. Yeah, but it's just a big refinery thing. It's still nothing. Okay, a Plano man is on the hook for nearly $30,000 for an emergency medical helicopter ride that he didn't want. Hugh Sparks, 65, is still trying to figure out why he must pay so much money for an AeriVac Life Team helicopter ride that he claims he was forced to take after suffering a snake bite. The bite occurred while on a road trip to the Alamo 7 solar project in Haskell with his 26-year-old son, Breet. Breet. Britt. B-R-I-E-T. Britt? I don't know. Could be Breet in this situation. Okay. The pair had stopped to take photos of some snakes on the road when a rattlesnake bit Sparks' hand. All right. So they're driving along, and they see more or less a... a uh, a caravan of snakes crossing the street. That's just hilarious. Like, yeah. Did all the snakes just go down the local <laughs> like desert the snake say, crossing? Yeah. Just, was there a sign? I mean, how does that work? So they get out and they're taking pictures of it. And uh, he, he decides that he's going to pick one up with an umbrella and take a picture of it. That is a, that is a smart man right there. As, you know what? No one has ever claimed that Mr. Sparks is on you know the high side of the thing so that's true uh, so he he picks it up gets bit by a gets bit by the rattlesnake and he is driven 47 miles by his son by his son to the hospital uh in haskell which haskell is a small town it's not it's not big at all 
where they administer the lone dose of anti-venom that they have to this man. Not, they're in the middle of, <laughs> don't you think they would have more than one dose? But it's a small town. I guess so. It's a small there's town. There's a lot of snakes there. There's a lot of snakes. <laughs> so they, they administer the dose. He, he, um, he then. He's like watching his arm like yeah, swell, swell and, and yeah. his hand and whatever. He's, he's then told that, hey, we have to get you to Abilene. Right. Because you could die. Die. D-I-E, die, dead, done, 65 years old, in the grave. Finito. Finite. Hanging out with the snakes underground. As they say in uh, f- uh, community, community college film school, Finn. Finn. Oh, okay. That's how they do it there. Is that how they do it? Community I, that's college? what I heard. That's what you heard. Community college. We know someone, school. don't we? I know. I know somebody who may or may not have got a degree from a community, community college. college. All right, good deal. Oscars are in the works. Um, Finn. So he has to. They tell him, "Look, you got to get on an air. You got to get on a helicopter, and we have to fly you to Abilene, so they can give you more of this ASAP." Uh, there, there is the possibility of death. There is also the possibility of amputation. But right now your hand is swelling and we have to get you there. So he begins to argue. Yeah, give him that. He had the wherewithal to argue. It's true, yeah. It hadn't <laughs> he gone was, to his head yeah, yet. Yeah, he, he, had the, he had the knowledge to know that this is going to be expensive. Long story short, he does get Ari vacked to the hospital. And he He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's, he's fine. No, no amputations, no no death. Everything's fine. Until he gets a bill. In the mail. In the mail. Uh, for a whole lot of money. It was like $120,000. All, like, all together, it was $150,000. Something crazy. Yeah. Blue Cross Blue Shield covered a majority of it, but he's still looking at $30,000. You know what he needs? A Super Mario cartridge sealed. <laughs> no, no. I, I think it was he only needs $3,000 for Blue Cross and Blue Shield. No, no, no. For the actual bill. No, no. They What happened was they covered like, most of the bill. Oh, okay. But total, they didn't. They only covered. They didn't cover the complete air. The helicopter. Oh, flight. okay. That's right. No, because didn't he? Yeah, he got like a separate bill for that. Or right. Something. Right. I got so, you. So uh, he got a forty forty three thousand five hundred fourteen dollar bill from the helicopter flight, and Blue Cross Blue Shield covered thirteen thousand eight hundred twenty seven of it. Got it. Okay. So total, he was in. You know, basically, he needs to sell. Super Mario Brothers, yeah, yeah, for thirty k to cover his bill. Um, okay. First of all, all right, this all goes back. I'm I'm sorry for this man and his uh and his issue here, but uh, don't don't play with snakes with an umbrella, right? In the middle of West Texas. Yeah, don't be dumb. Not near a hospital. Yeah, that that's completely on that man. It is. I'm sorry to tell you that, sir, but uh, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. But you know this. You know what this this story has taught me. What's that? I want to learn how to fly a helicopter right and now. fly people around right now because that <laughs> is a whole heck of a lot of money. Yeah, for a helicopter ride. Like, does it cost Donald Trump forty thousand dollars to get in the helicopter every time he flies around New York? I got one for you. Okay, Fat Packs Aviation School. Wow, I don't know what that 
we could I don't have. I don't know, man. I think that they would the laws of gravity and physics and yeah. stuff like that to get us like, both up at the same time. Like we both couldn't be in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean United even looks at us funny when we yeah, get on the plane exactly. to go somewhere. He's like, Oh geez, one side on the one on the left, one, one on the right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh <laughs> long story short is it's this dude's fault, man. Don't play with snakes. Don't, don't there's nothing natural about getting out of your car and, and getting an umbrella going, Hey, hey snakey, snakey, snake, and let me take a picture of you. That there's nothing good about that. No. Nothing good. Nothing good. All right. Uh, that's that. That's the Animal Kingdom this week. And uh, you know what? I think it's a good story. That man should hope you all learned something from it. I learned a lot. Don't play with snakes. I learned a lot. All right, Paul. Monday afternoon, something amazing is going to happen. We're standing uh, outside? Uh, I don't oh, no. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not without our sunglasses. Uh, a total solar eclipse is going to happen. The first one in 40 years. Uh, which happens to be how old you are. Uh, it is. It happens to be how old it you is. are. So uh, 1977 was the last time that a total solar eclipse happened. And I'm intrigued by it uh, for many different reasons. But I wanted to go back and take a look at some of the popular things and some of the some of the facts about 1977. Okay. W- will you allow me to do this? Yes, that, that's fine. That, that was your birth year. That so was my birth year. I, I know that you don't remember much of it, you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't remember anything. Uh, but uh, let's, let's go over some things. Uh, World Series champions in 1977 was... Yankees. New York Yankees. You are correct, sir. Super Bowl champions. Uh, it wasn't the Steelers. No. It was the... That wasn't the Cowboys. No. Uh, was whoever you're going to tell me. The Oakland remember. Raiders. Oakland Raiders. O- was All that a right. Kenny Stabler team? Could have been. Kenny Stabler? Uh, yeah, in, it was. NBA champions and their lone franchise championship. Uh, oh, I should know this. Uh, I don't know. I got nothing. Bill Walton and the Portland Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers. All right. Uh, that's where the Rip City, they got the Rip City motto. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Stanley Cup champions, Canadians. The Mont- Oh, look at you with the Montreal Canadiens. I love Canada, man. <laughs> and Canada loves us. Uh, U.S. U.S. Open golf. Uh, Hubert Green. U.S. Open tennis. Gilmore Velias and uh, Christy Everett. Everett. Christy Everett. I remember watching her. I do remember. That. Wimbledon. Bjorn Borg and Virginia Wade. Bjorn uh, Borg. NCAA football champions. Uh, Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Uh, NCAA basketball champions. Uh, Where Dwayne Wade went to school. I Marquette. Ah, Marquette. I hope Dwayne Wade went to school in Marquette. <laughs> uh, this is one I think you might know because, uh, yeah, maybe, Kentucky Derby. Oh, darn. Sleuth? Sleuth. Seattle Sleuth. Yeah, there you go. Seattle Sleuth. Uh, and so that that was the year in sports. Okay. There was uh, the fashion icons and the, and the hot ladies of, of, of uh, the sex symbols of, of 1977. Uh, read like a who's who of your uh, of your posters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Linda Carter. Okay. Charo. Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Uh, Suzanne Summers. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, Donna Summer. Okay. Jane Seymour. Doctor Quinn. Diana Ross. Cheryl Ladd. Jessica Lange. Mary Tyler Moore. Dolly Parton. Okay. Farrah Fawcett. Ah, there you go. And Carol Burnett. Those were kind of the, some of the big names. No, I'm not buying the last one. But no? All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Famous quotes from 77? All right. Oh, it's got to be something from Star Wars. Yeah. May the Force be with you. Nice. Harrison Ford. Nice. Uh, Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd on Saturday Night Live were just two wild and crazy guys. 
uh, I Love New York, which was an ad campaign des- designed okay. by the New York City Department of Economic Development. Okay. Uh, another Steve Martin quote, well, excuse me, also quoted by Bart Simpson later Yeah, on. I was going to say, yeah, I thought Bart was more famous for it yeah. than, uh, than Stevie. Uh, Diane Keaton and Annie Hall, la-di-da, la-di-da. Ah. And then I love this. Elvis, who, who the 40-year anniversary of his passing was just a couple of days ago, uh, had one of the best quotes of... Um, 1977. Okay, what was that? This was slightly after meeting with a group of Scientologists who were trying to recruit him. Ah. Okay? Okay, I wonder why. Elvis said, The hell with those people. There's no way I'll ever get involved with that son of a bitch group. All they want is my money. <laughs> there you go. The king just being the king, yep, right? There just you go. Right there. right through him. That's right, right through him. It's okay. right through him. Uh, Time Magazine Man of the Year, Anwar Sadat. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, right. Miss America, Dorothy Binham. Okay. Uh, Miss USA, Kimberly T- Tomes from right here in Texas. All right, all right. Uh, that was also the year that Roman Polanski uh, was accused of that rape and fled the country and has not been back since. Okay, well, good for him. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Oh, I love this one. In 1962, the special high-tech locks were added to the all U.S. nuclear missiles that would prevent launch without a, re- without a secret, unique launch code. Okay. All right, that make that sounds good. Completely legit, right? Sounds legit. However, military officials quietly circumvented the safeguard by setting every lock to zero 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 zero, and the codes remained that way until 1977. Eight zeros. That is, we were eight zeros away from Kablooey. The most ridiculous thing, but I completely believe it because. You've been in the military. Yeah, I've been in the military, and I may or may not have a lock that was set to set code. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Han Solo shot Guido, for, Guido first. Deal with it. Uh, Did he shoot first? I don't know. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard because you have to go back and look at the original one. I feel like the, the newer one's been, been doctored up a little. Sure. So, you know, without the... The werewolf guy and all that right. stuff in there. So I got to go back and check out the VHS tape. Ah, you have a VCR? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I have the tape, but I don't have a way to play it. No. Okay. Uh, this is kind of stupid on DC Comics part right here. They're, they So this is DC Comics original candidate for its first leading black superhero was the Black Bomber, who was a white racist who would turn into a black superhero under stress. Yeah, complete silence is what that deserves. Yeah, well, yeah. That's it, dumb. That is dumb. <laughs> Comics is historian dumb. Don Mark Stein called it an insult to the practicality of everybody with any point of view at all. The character was eventually born as Black Lightning some, some years later. That is the dumbest thing. That is dumb. DC, what the heck were you doing? You were you were the place of uh, of, of Batman. So, yeah. But, but how do you got that? But then they messed up Batman, too, because that was created by the dude that didn't get credit for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's a, that's a whole different story. That's a whole that, different story. Yeah. But that's a good story. That's yeah. a really good story. It is. Uh, so pop culture news wise, prior to Jaws in 75 and Star Wars in 77, uh, the summer season was considered the graveyard season at the movies. Right. Until? Until Star Wars and Jaws. So yeah. that's crazy. And then Star Wars only opened in 32, on 32 screens across the country. Which is crazy because... Because... As Paul destroys our display. <laughs> Which is crazy because I know theaters now that have 32 screens themselves. Exactly. You know? Uh, more crazy news about Star Wars. James Earl Jones is actually not credited on the Star Wars films because he had, he had a small speaking role, so he didn't think that was worthy of a credit. 
It makes the movie. He, it, exactly. It's it so makes crazy. The movie. It's iconic, man. Uh, here's iconic. Here's one that I love. The first high five <laughs> occurred in October second of 1977 between two members of the Los Angeles Dodgers. How is the high five not invented till 1977? Yeah, like, what did they do in the 20s and the 30s and the uh, 50s? It, it was like, you know, <laughs> give me five on the backside too slow. What, I, what I was it? I don't understand. I don't know. Uh, high five. Wow. I, I don't know. That's um. We need to research that. Yeah. It doesn't seem right. Oh, uh, let's see here. This is a, a sign of the times as well. The first openly gay doll was launched in 1977. Oh. He had okay. a pierced ears and was anatomically correct how did that get past <laughs> censors then like i don't, I don't like know. then now i could see it now oh i'm sure you know? they have it now yeah i'm yeah. sure yeah but then was a little like a, everything was still pretty conservative then yeah it was but you know they were coming out of the out of the 70s so maybe they were still high that's yeah probably <laughs> okay that's a very good possibility slim fast began its best-selling ads in 1977 Oh, all right. Nike's Just Do It slogan was born. Oh, man. Very cool. cool. Uh, NBC NBC broadcasted an animated musical film called The Hobbit, which is an adaptation of the fictional novel written by uh, J.R. Written by Tolkien. Did you you ever see that one? I saw it. It was horrible. I did not. I did not. (laughs) Now, it was nowhere near the movies that we have now. And I Um, probably won't now with your uh, overwhelming um, love for it. I don't have love for it. I know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Marine Weston, while in a rocking chair marathon, didn't sleep for 18 days and 17 hours. 18 days? 18 days and 17. So that's the thing, though. 18 days and 17 hours. Like, like 1801, oh, I'm done. Just, just how, 18 days. How is that possible? Methamphetamine. Just I you stay so. up late. I don't know. I, that, that's crazy. I don't. That's wild, dude. 18. I can't even stay up 24 hours anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenner Toys was a- unable to manufacture Star Wars action figures in time for the se- 1977 holidays, so many kids were left unwrapping, unwrapping early birth certificates. Now, this is an interesting piece that uh, I watched a documentary about recently called Plastic Galaxy, and basically, just as it says, they weren't able to get the toys produced in time. Right. So they opened up a gift certificate that entitled them to the set of four. I think it was four toys. Maybe it might've been three. Okay. That was coming out later. I think it was March of the next year. How would you feel if you got a gift certificate back then? I know that you were a, a, a wee child, but I, I wasn't never a wee child. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty big when I came out of the, um, yeah, that's a bummer. That's like, that's like being in Maryland. And when I got my first bike for Christmas and there's 20,000 inches of snow <laughs> on the ground and you basically couldn't ride it till March or April. So, yeah, it's kind of like a kick in the shins. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. I would I would have lost my mind. I would have lost mine, too. Uh, so, hey, what'd you play with on uh, Christmas Day? Uh, nothing. Got this piece of paper and a pancake. <laughs> pancake. <laughs> uh, the Chia Pet was trademarked. That's you know, right. has has grown yeah. into something. You know, obviously <laughs> grown, <laughs> grown. <laughs> you see what I did? Yeah, there? I see what you did there, man. Uh, become more like me every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, man, and uh, this is a telling, telling tell as as well. Cost of a Super Bowl ad in 1977 was 125 thousand dollars. Wow, that's nuts, right? Yeah, absolutely nuts. Because you probably got like a full 60 second ad, not just yeah. like this. 
this like 30 seconds for what is it a three million now or something crazy yeah something just dumb absolutely dumb that's crazy well that's that was 1977 in a nutshell there's a lot more there going on but uh yeah man know. i mean shoot the gas prices were like what 65 cents a gallon or something like that sure yeah it was something silly absolutely so, nuts unbelievable so anyway anyway we i'm oh, sorry we're being interrupted here Go, what, what sir Oh, we got to go. This show is over. This show is over. <laughs> There's ice cream cake to be had. And it's over. only 10.30 here at the it's, office. It's only 10.30 in the office. That's an appetizer for lunch, let yes, me tell you. Th- this, yes, that is. Okay, so. Right, we've um, never gotten out of a show really f- this fast yeah, ever. Ever, ever, ever. I do want to say one thing before we leave. <laughs> I do want to say one more thing <laughs> We're just before we leave. Um, this, man, and I've, I know that you don't come here to listen to this from us. I mean, we're a sports card show. We talk sports cards and we talk sports and entertainment. This week. From Saturday through yesterday has been absolutely insanely crazy and, and tragic. Oh, for sure. And it's been nuts. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to get all overtly sentimental or anything like that, mm-hmm. but God love somebody. Jesus mercy. Just love somebody. Is <laughs> exactly. it, is it that hard to love? Apparently so, man. <laughs> it, 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 it appears that way. And it's, it's heartbreaking. It and really nothing, is. Nothing we go out to the restaurant yesterday. We walk in, mm-hmm. look up at the TV, stand in line, waiting to get our food. And, you know, we're watching this van plow people over. Right. And it's just like, you don't even want to eat. Yeah. And we're fat packs. Exactly. And it's just, you know, it's, it's it, sad. It's absolutely crazy. Um, just, again, just love somebody. Man, go hug your kids. Call your mama. Do something. Just open a pack of cards. Make yeah, me open feel them, better. Yeah, most just, of the time. Just love somebody. Yeah. God, Jesus. Just... It's too much. It's just absolutely too much. You're right. I looked at the screen yesterday, and I, and I didn't want to eat. No, you're just like, oh, goodness gracious. <sighs> but you know what, though? Hmm. In, in seriousness, though, that yeah. was yesterday, yeah. and there's ice cream cake now. So <laughs> kind of, no. you know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, that's that's it, funny. I can't eat it anyway. You know yeah, why? Because it's, it's got put, cookie stuff yeah, in the middle of it anyway, so it. I can't get it anyway. That's crazy. So um, you can sorry. eat my piece. I will eat your piece. Yes. I will do that. Uh, but yeah, I, just, I just wanted to tell you guys that we really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, hanging out with us here for an hour, hour and a half of your, of your week. And, uh, but when something like that happens, it's just, it's horrible. It is. It's just horrible. And, it, and it's, it's nonsense, nonsensical. And there's no, there's no place for it. But unfortunately, not everybody thinks like me. Right. It's a world we live in, unfortunately. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, we'll end the show on that. Just, just love somebody, man. Give them a hug. Give them a hug. Send them an emoji. Yeah. <laughs> Send them an emoji. <laughs> All right, guys, that's that That's that for this week. Thanks for joining us. Be blessed. And until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Macklemore. Mad world, that's what the TV said. Imagine trying to keep your head while your daughter sleeps in bed. And when she wakes up, will the world be the same? Will my girl be afraid in the home of the brave? See, I hope, I hope that it's going to be all right. But what a hell of a night. Humanity is a prayer. We can't give in when they build walls We'll build bridges This is resistance We're resilient And they spread heat We shine brilliant Marched by the millions Do they hear the children? We feel ourselves at a distance Open up the jails and the overcrowded cells When we oppress anyone 
We oppress ourselves. Greatest gift I ever learned is helping someone else. You feel fully fulfilled 'cause you forget about yourself. Service, purpose, works if you work it. Love everyone regardless of the god they worship. This isn't the apocalypse. We can't address the hate till we acknowledge it. If Jesus was alive, would he let Muhammad in? This isn't nature. My daughter hugs strangers. We teach fear and preach hatred. Put up a fence. Scared to meet our neighbors. Think that if we let them in, they'll take advantage of us later. There's so much anger in this world as I raise her. My daughter hope it's a dream when I wake up tomorrow. Bad taste, bad taste in my mouth. Flag waving, flag waving at a patriot's house. Looking for change on the couch. Mad world, mad world. That's what the TV said. Imagine trying to keep your head while your daughter sleeps in bed. And when she wakes up, will the world be the same? Will my girl be afraid in the home with the brave? See, I hope, I hope that it's gonna be alright. But what a hell of a night. And we fight, but the people. That haven't had a voice. Fight for the First Amendment. Fight for freedom of choice. Fight for women's rights. If she does or doesn't care, we ride for all the queer folk and fight for all to get married. I'm not moving to Canada, not fleeing the nation. No time for apathy, no more tears and no complaining. Gotta fight harder for the next four and what we're faced with. Got my daughter in my arms and he is not gonna raise her. Bad taste, bad taste to my mouth. Flag waving, flag waving at a patriot's house, looking for change on the couch. Mad world, mad world, that's what the TV said. Imagine trying to keep your head while your daughter sleeps in bed. And when she wakes up, will the world be the same? Will my girl be afraid in the home of the brave? See, I hope, I hope that it's gonna be alright. But what a hell of a night!